Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Georgian trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Engvall. Today I'm with my guy, Robbie Falke. Talk about some Jordans that might be a little weird, but are still cool. Right? Does that sound right, Robbie? It sounds about right. I think a little weird comes down to when they released, um, because... Flavors definitely change, but um, I have a point I want to speak on that, but that's, that's the gist. You, you definitely got it right. Yeah. So before we get into it though, I uh, want to start out as we do with uh, what have you been rocking and what have you copped lately or what are you looking to cop? I should say. Yeah. Um, I actually um, wore my Air Max pluses today when I went up the street for a little walk around the neighborhood. Um, I forget how much well, it's like the Air Max Plus is one of those shoes. Um, it's definitely polarizing. And when I see them, this like in hand, I don't love them all that much. But once they're on your feet, they go super saiyan and they become something completely more powerful. And I, 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 love, I love wearing them. The Persian Violets. Um, I wore it with a LeBron jersey. Just super big fan of those. And um, it's definitely a great shoe. Right. It's just, I really need a 12 and a half in them. The size 12 runs a little tight, but, um, I'll figure that out when I get more of them. Eventually I'm always on eBay looking at pairs for those pairs of those. And I feel like the air max plus, even like the most random, ugly, you know, general releases still hold their value pretty well. They don't go too cheap for me, but, um, I also, um, you know, we're recording this on a Monday evening um, this morning, I caught the Sea Sucker bandana look from Kith, and I got the um, patchwork bandana shorts. So I'm pretty excited to to get my hands on those. I've been trying to buy more clothes and not shoes really as much right now. So, um, all right, yeah. all right, not a bad choice. No, it's just before we before we segue off to you. Um, I ran five miles yesterday, and I've never nice. ran that far in my entire life, like ever, Dude, ever. Dude, that's awesome. Congrats. Here, here's the funny part. It took me 58 minutes, which is not fast. But when you've never done it, I consider it a win still. So, Hell yeah, man. I mean, that's, that's like I said on, you know, whenever we were talking about that a couple episodes back, that's right where I'm at with it, where it's just like, I'd rather just get it done and take my time with it and eventually it'll just get quicker naturally. So that's, that's a really, that's a really awesome accomplishment, man. So congrats. Definitely be proud of that. And I was still dead. So yes, I'm slow, but did it absolutely murder my body doing it? Yes. Yes, it did. No. <laughs> yeah. We, we need to, uh, well, we need to, we need to get some, some sneaker history run club, like t-shirts made or something. I think, I think it's about time. We need something with, um, anti-chafing for my nipples. Cause I feel like when I, when I start running that far, I guess it hurts. Yeah, true, true. Uh, Over here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, uh, I today I wore uh, like question lows again. Um, I kind of, I kind of uh, broke the seal on the on the nostalgia, if you will, because I I busted out over the weekend. I, I wore the uh, like the orange toe, like the originals from like '99. And that just made me like basically realize like, why don't I wear this other stuff more frequently or at least post it? Like 
<clears throat> I don't post my shoes every day. So I was trying to, and then like coronavirus hit and it's like, well, I'm not, I'm not getting shoes out of stores. So I don't even know if I can't, I don't even know if I have a full year's worth of shoes in the apartment. Probably got like, I probably got like a hundred pair and usually I would swap them out and, and like get random stuff every week or two. So I had some fresh stuff to wear and then I put other stuff away. So it was like, it was like new when I go back to storage and dig something out. Right. And as I say that, I realize how insane that sounds, but, um, wearing the questions, seeing, seeing the questions you got and then just seeing everybody post their pickups. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get these like originals out, but then that just opened up to can of worms. So, um, today I was wearing like the, uh, I don't know if you call it like a, it's, it's almost like a Carolina blue and Navy blue, um, low tops that are, I think they're from, from 99 or 2000. And I just, I kind of baby all of my questions because I know that I want to keep them around for a long time. So, you know, if you, if you, if you buy any old Reeboks, you know, that the insoles are terrible on them. They crumble, they get all sticky. They just get gross. So like on 90% of mine, I've already ripped those out and like threw in different insoles just to make sure that I can wear them because the shoes actually hold up pretty nicely is as long as you, you know, get, get that insole out of there. Cause if you, if you ever wear like an old shoe like that from Reebok, it's just like, it, it turns into like glue almost. And then you've like got like chunks stuck to your socks and it's just, it's all oh. bad. But, um, so that's, that's what I wore today. And then as far as copping, I actually, didn't didn't pick up anything i uh i'm really curious about this zoom what is it the zoom bb nxt um yeah because i keep seeing all these like exposed zoom shoes and i'm like all right i want i want the like you know the what's that alpha alpha fly zoom fly um the double stacked the yeah, I'm like, there's so many different versions of it, but this, the basketball one, man, every time I see somebody post like the release date or whatever, I'm just like, okay, that's probably going to be something that I'm actually going to try to get just because I'm really curious about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's funny you say that because I know exactly what shoe you're talking about, but there's just so many percentages and NXTs and EXTs and, you know, it's hard to get them all nailed down off the top yeah. of the head. But the BB that you're talking about, the takedown model of the Adapt, pretty much, um, yep. it looks really, really good. Um, I, I'm definitely interested in that one, too. And I just love that there's other people like me who don't like taking pictures of their shoes. Like, it's an honest chore for me <laughs> to stop. I mean, it, it, it's maybe a little dramatic, but it's like, oh, fuck, okay. I have these six shoes on. I got to sit here and get the angle right, post it with the hashtag. I've never been a fan of that. So listeners, if you also don't care about other people seeing online what your what shoes you have on, let us know. <laughs> yeah. So, so like for me, I, I really want to post and be like, yeah, this is what I'm wearing. So I can talk to people about what they're wearing. But what inevitably happens is I'll like be shaking and the picture will be blurry and then I've got to take it again. And then it's like, Oh man, by the time you're actually the, the effort that you have to put in to take the photo and especially if you're not like going anywhere, you know, like I'll put it on and take the dog for a walk, but that's all I'm doing today. So it's almost like, eh, why do I, why would I put in all the effort? But I end up taking like, you know, 10 photos, like trying to, trying to like, you know, Oh, like make sure that I get the right angle or I'm sh I, like, I just, I just sh am shaky naturally, like, especially, especially in the mornings. Um, but then I'm just like, I'll spend like 10 minutes trying to take a damn picture. And I'm, by then I'm like, yeah, it's not worth it. I probably have, you know, hundreds of pictures on my phone that, I've never posted because I'm just, I'll just get frustrated and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm over this. Preach. I mean, I would do it a lot more if I had like a publicist who would like, you know, do all the, <laughs> yeah. do all the internet part for me. Like, hey, my yeah. shoes are cool. Get this, get this live for me. But <laughs> right. I don't yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. You know, we just need, we just need that, like that's, you know, get to that next level of, uh, of, 
celebrities so you can hire a published publicist stylist all the you know social media manager i just can i just not do any of the of these things and and have somebody else do it but like still have it be me somehow <laughs> i mean typically i'm a small business so i just hire an intern and <laughs> yeah, <there you> go. <laughs> so if you're in portland just hit robbie up if you want to take pictures of his shoes every day <laughs> you hang out with me you get smoked out and free lunch and dinner and uh <laughs> Uh, maybe not college credit, but close, maybe. <laughs> Life credit, it's more important. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I can attest, I spent, I spent a couple days with Robbie in Portland, so I can attest the food is worth it. Yes, I will take care of you. <laughs> uh, all right, so um, before we get into the episode, I do want to read a review. Um, I'm not going to try to pronounce the name because it is definitely not a real name. But it's, uh, I don't know, approximately 25 to 30 characters long and a bunch of different things. So uh, <laughs> the review says, wish I knew about it sooner. If you're looking for a good sneaker podcast to get you through your quarantine, you definitely found the best one. All three hosts add their own perspectives and they each know so much about sneakers. I don't live around many people who love sneakers like I do. So it's refreshing to listen to these guys who feel the same way that I do about sneakers. I appreciate the way they talk about real real world issues too and spread a positive message during these times. Great podcast. So thanks for the review. It starts with an H, so we're just going to go with H. Appreciate you taking the time and dropping us a review on iTunes. If you're listening and, and you can do that, we would definitely appreciate it. It helps us grow the audience here, and that's what we're trying to do is get a bigger community going and, and just connecting more people with, with this passion for sneakers. So um, – and also, as always, if you're, if you're interested in supporting us in any other way, you can check out patreon.com slash sneaker history, put random stuff up there all throughout the week. And then, you know, you get early access to podcasts, exclusive episodes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we really appreciate everybody supporting us. And um, yeah, we're just going to leave it at that and get into the episode. Yes, sir. So I don't know where I'll, I'll let you take this one because I don't know where your thought for this started. But as soon as you sent the idea for this topic, I immediately thought of, of the Jordan 7 retro that kind of bubbled up. The gray and white, uh, gray, white and purple. Oh, the Flint 7s, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Flint 7s. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, I didn't even put those on this list, but that's another one um, that's really I mean, that's one that was very popular for quite a long time, um, but has definitely faded out into the obscurity of Jordan retros. Um, yeah, when I put this yep. list together, it literally, I should have came back and like put it in chronological order, but it was like train of thought order. So I guess technically, if, if we want to go by Robbie's train of thought, these are in order of my favorite then because they came to mind first, second and third, you know, respectively, but I don't have any rhyme or reason. Um, all I have to say is, is really since 2000, maybe 13, we've seen a resurgence of, I would say high quality, non, you know, non bold or non-traditional colorways of Jordan retros. There's definitely a point that's ended now where Jordans really weren't all that coveted. You could definitely find various pairs sitting at retail, but, um, you know, in recent years, there's been a resurgence and back in like, you know, Oh six to Oh eight. That's when we got a lot of obscure Jordans that really came to life years later, took on personalities of their own and now either retro to fanfare or, um, or wanting to have a retro of like the Flints. So I'm talking like the Mocha threes, you know, the, the Thunder fours, um, the cool gray fours, black cats, um, those kind of things where they're not traditional, but they've been along, they've been, they've been around the block for so long that a lot of people do consider them, you know, true parts of the family. Nick, answer this for me. Like, let's say like the, the Black History Month Air Jordan 2 or the Radio Raheem Air Jordan 2. Do you consider those a true part of the Jordan 2 family? I mean, I don't really think of them that way, right? Like most of the most of the stuff like that, I think is like, okay, that's it's kind of outside of the realm of of, you know, 
I don't know. Like, I guess the best way to put it is like, I think, you know, and you kind of hit, hit it with like the timing, right? Pre like 06, 07, right. You would have had, you know, a lot of colorways that were still like still really relatively simple. And most of the time there was some tie to original colorways or storyline that was really easy you know, and then, you know, eventually you get, I guess like 2004 or whatever, you get into like the green bean fives and stuff like that. But most of the colorways were like really, really simple, you know, like they could have been colorways for a team in the league. I guess that's how I would define it. So thinking about those twos that you mentioned to me, like once you get beyond like what a, a, a traditional team color would look like, whether that's a college or a pro team, that's where I get, I think you get into like this weird, like outlier colorways like those. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, it definitely does. We're going to test your, um, we're going to test your theory or your statement there with some of these shoes. But I brought up those Jordan twos because the Jordans we're going to be talking about kind of found a way to ingratiate themselves with the more favorable or OG um, Jordan retros. So at this point, in my eyes, at least these shoes have become a part of the true Jordan pantheon of retro colorways. So let's keep the theme started. Let's keep the theme of sevens going with our first shoe here. Instead of going with the flints, I chose the chambray or chambray. I don't even know how to say that damn shoe, but the chambray sevens, like the black and kind of grayish wolf blue trimmed mm-hmm. sevens. They released in 2006. Um, again, another Jordan retro where if you would have asked somebody in 2011 um, what one of their se- um, favorite Jordan 7s were, um, you, you could have had a shot at them saying these along with the Flints. So Chambray 7, um, I think we need a retro of them. I think they do really well in a fall release. Um, it kind of blows my mind how we've gotten Ray Allen variants of PEs to release, but we haven't gotten, you know, this pair yet. But I'm gonna start the I'm gonna start the list off with those. Black, New Buck, Beauties. Yeah. I mean that's such a that's such a gorgeous shoe. And you know, the the colors I think are is is like kind of what I was saying where it's like slightly off from like most of the team colors that you think of, right? Like the varsity colors or like the you know, the combinations that are like, oh, you relate that to be in an Oregon Ducks colorway or a Bulls colorway or a Knicks colorway. And I think that, that this was like probably one of the best, you know, both these sevens, you know, talking about the Flints prior to, right? The fact that they did the, the you know, contrasting pattern or the colors on the, you know, paneling on the, on the Flints was like a big deal because we hadn't really seen that in release form ever from the Jordan seven before that point. And this colorway I think was like the, the balancing act of releasing these two shoes in that summer or, or that, you know, spring, I guess, cause he's released around all-star weekend, I think. Um, but this one is so just like nice. It's so clean. And I think like, depending on where you're at in like the cycle of trendy colors, it could be like an like you know you could you could see any of like you know the Kanyes of the world or the you know Jay Zs or whomever that you look up to in terms of like style or sneakers or whatever you could see them rocking this like regularly uh, you know especially if we were to get a retro because like, I just feel like it's just such a clean colorway. I guarantee you both of those wrappers have a pair of these in the closet or at one point had a pair of these. Um, I think these do, um, these do a lot of right. When you think about like the, the Chrome Jordan two or the metallic five, once you have a black and kind of muted secondary color in, in a, in a minimalistic use, I just think it, it does so well with Jordan brand. I mean, they, it really plays into the fact that, uh, most people could wear Jordans to a, a graduation, a funeral, a cookout, or church. 
You know, it's just like yep. they fit anything. And the chambray sevens, I'm definitely saying that wrong, right? Chambray. I, I think I'm saying it right. I honestly don't know how it said chambray, cha- chambray, chambray. I don't know. I've been reading but, for like 13 years and never once had anybody say it to me. So it, yeah. <laughs> I'll leave you with that. But, um, you know, the, the next shoe I have here is most certainly um, not as approachable or easily um, easily to rock as the Chambray 7. But I have one of my favorite shoes that most people don't know exists or they think it's fake um, if, if they weren't around back then. But the Jordan 8 LS Peapod from 2007, um, I kind of like that dark denim blue with orange hints, kind of like if you did the Phoenix Suns 8 from like 2014 um, with just blue instead of like that gray and black. But mm-hmm. Peapods, I still don't know why they call them Peapods. I would have thought they would have been green with that nickname. But they're just one of those shoes that always remind me of shifty eBay seller, sellers that have like every fake Jordan and all the weird colorways just putting stuff together, ho- hoping somebody buys it. Um, these shoes fall into that same vein, but I love them. So I, I actually know why they're called the Peapods. The shoe, I think the shoe is dope. I think the, the interesting thing about it is the, the actual color green that's on that kind of plastic piece along along the ankle the lower ankle is is peapod green according to nike um Uh which is where it gets its nickname but the interesting thing about this particular colorway and when it released in 2007 is nike actually released a really interesting uh air max 90 that also was like peapod green um but it was like a plaid um it's, it's got like the same same general color tones, right? It kind of had like this like denim blue color and then the swoosh was was peapod green. Um, it's probably it's probably not like a crazy popular shoe. Um, and I have no idea why I remember that so much, but random fact about the peapod eights is that there was a peapod Air Max 90 that also released around the same time. Huh. So you're trying to tell me that that's green and not blue? On, on the, so I think the blue on the shoe is the, the, you know, like the full upper, Uh obviously. And then the, like, yeah, like the orange, orange and and like weird color that's on the heel. It's so listeners will hear me say many, many times, oh, I'm colorblind. I really can't tell. I legitimately struggle with color, like super bad. Um, I didn't even really know that was green. I thought that was gray. <laughs> That's super funny. Yeah. So, so actually, the best way, actually, if you if you look if you're online right now, look at look up the uh, it's like Peapod Air Max ninety or like Tweed Air Max ninety. You should be able to to see the the actual color Peapod is the, what the swoosh is on that shoe, and that's the same color that's on the accents on the the you know the TPU piece on the Jordan eights. I see it now. That's the more, now you know if you want to have a little star banner go across your you know <laughs> sound wave it's impossible to do but whatever that's super cool to know i did not know that so um, i'm sure some listeners did not know that either now this next one is not going to be the only women's shoe we have on here but i'm going to hit you with the harbor blue three from 2007 uh, that's a shoe that definitely looks like a girl's shoe now that you know upon further inspection you can see how that could be more geared towards women um but harbor blue i don't see that colorway or that shade of blue used very often if not ever really with nikes but i love white jordan threes and it's the fact that it almost looks like ice but it's not speaks even more to my soul um this the blue jump man the faint almost baby blue elephant print um those are all great marks but just the white with the blue outsole 
kills it for me. I love that shoe. Yeah. So if this shoe released in, in my size, I would have definitely got a pair back in the day. I thought this was one of the best, like this is probably one of the best women's releases, you know, in my opinion for quite some time, but it's also like those early releases because there wasn't very many women's colorways that dropped. This one was just so far above just super, super clean. Um, and not to continually bring up Air Max 90s, but we've talked about the Air Max 90s months back. And I think we mentioned the Mr. Fantastic Air Max 90. And I don't know why I know this either, but I'm a wealth of useless knowledge that only people that listen to this podcast will appreciate. That Mr. Fantastic Air Max 90 technically was Harbor Blue as well. Ah. Yeah doesn't it doesn't it doesn't look the same in my opinion um but i think maybe it's because the shoe is all blue and then you've got dark accents on the 90 where it's on the on the women's three it's it's more subtle i guess but yeah i you're you're spot on though like that color is like it's so good man it's like not quite unc not quite like a bright royal just nice I equate it to if if Duke and UNC did it and had a baby, it, it would be Harbor <laughs> Blue. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, it's it's funny because um, you know you see a lot of pairs now with yellowing heel tabs and yellowing midsoles, and it, it's a shame. We need this retro in men's sizes. It's just so summer ready. I could go on and on of all the shoes we're going to be talking about. These are top two, I would even say, of pairs I would buy right now if I could get a pair in my size. Yeah, fair. So this next shoe might be the second one. It's a toss-up. Um, we had the Mist Blue 4 from 2006. Um, kind of like if the Harbor Blue 3 and the Cool Gray 4 had a baby, you would kind of have the Mist Blue 4s. Um, but for me... I always enjoy light blue and maize or yellow when they're secondary colors. When it's primary, it tends to just be too much for me. But when you have it based around gray, I think it just takes it to the next level. Um, it's a colorway that looks like a team. Like you said, it, it could be the WNBA Mystics colorway if, if you wanted to. Um, but just totally approachable. Um, I feel like they would kill it if it released last year, this year, or next year, um, it, it's definitely just a model where um, time has only made me want it more. And I think I have a thing for blue outsoles. I, I didn't really realize it until I look at these two shoes back to back and think that's probably my favorite feature. Is this the blue outsole on a pair of Jordans? I really like that. Yeah. I, I think this one's a really good one too. I, I think that I'm I'm not quite as uh, I, I don't like it on the gray as much. Maybe like that's kind of why I didn't go for those. But if this was done, you know, white with like the, the yellow and the blue accents, I think it's it's even better. Um, but still, like this is such a solid colorway, and you know, you could. I mean, honestly, like going back to my example of like team colors, you could even see like a team adopting these colors with a cool logo right and like to me that's like always a good sign of of where the color design for a shoe is if if you can take it and, and apply it to other you know to like a, a a real world setting of what that shoe would be and it and it seems to fit like that's like you know a a, a, a hard yes for me i did my WNBA fans a disservice in my brain, I was thinking uh, I was thinking Chicago Sky, not the DC mm -hmm. Mystics. So yeah, this the Chicago Sky um, uses exact color scheme, and the and the gray isn't going to be for everybody. Um, cool gray fours, cool gray nines. Pardon me, um, this the gray fours, um, cool gray nines, and cool gray elevens. I've always been huge favorites of mine, so I'm I'm definitely partial towards gray based Jordans. But once you put the blue outsole on it, fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to get off. Like I, I love that. It looks so good. Um, while we're talking about the, the four though, before we change the, before we go to the next shoe, 
One thing that I love about this shoe and all the other shoes that probably some of the people will be like, what the hell is wrong with you? That leather suede heel tab is such a lifesaver when it comes to wearing Jordan 4s with shorts. Because if you wear Jordan 4s with like, you know, the, the black plastic or not black, but like the black cements that have the plastic heel tab or militaries, whatever other colorway, right, that has that plastic heel tab, that thing cuts into your Achilles so bad if you really wear them regularly. And to me, like, I, I don't need the plastic. I always, I mean, I love the visual of the plastic in terms of, like, the contrast and, and the, the originalness of it. But once the, the leather and the suede versions of the heel tabs came out, I was like, yep, that's for me. It's way more comfortable. Like, the Black Cats was, like, the first of that for me. It was like, once I got those, all the fours that I want, I want all the fours to have that so I can just wear them with shorts. I've heard you say that before, and it always makes me wonder if you're, like, diving into swimming pools with your toes pointed. Walking <laughs> the pool. I've never had an issue with the heel tab cutting my foot, even in shorts, even with um, low-cut socks and shorts. Never. Wow, okay. Yeah, maybe I am. I don't know. I, I don't know. Listeners, let us know. Maybe, maybe am I? Um, maybe, maybe my legs and my the angle of my ankle to to calf ratio is just completely fucked. And you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think that every time I'm definitely you- not jumping into pools. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a really weird uh, thing for me to say, but. Swimming and diving my entire life, watching divers, pointy toes. So I was like, man, yeah. I, feel I don't know how it's cutting you, but I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, this next this next four would not cut your back of your foot because it's the Lightning 4 from 2006 with the soft heel tab. Um, the, the big brother to the Lightning 4, um, pardon me, to the Thunder 4, um, just... And another shoe that I I think I speak for all sneakerheads who enjoy Jordan fours would welcome this shoe back with open arms, probably crying a little bit too because they're so happy to see it. It's just it's it's bold, it's bright, it's vibrant. Um, you mostly see something in this color scheme or this color blocking method used with red and blue a lot. Um, I think of like the We the Best threes and. Um, various Jordan threes recently and even like Jordan nines and twelves, they're bringing back all these shoes that were once red now blue and vice versa. And yellow doesn't get used enough. I can probably count the amount of yellow Jordans I think with two hands. And now I think about it, it would definitely take two hands, but, but not my toes. So there's not a lot of them, but just you don't see this kind of color blocking method used with yellow nearly enough on Jordans. And these are of all the shoes I would pay a thousand dollars for in the sneaker world. If I could get a guaranteed flawless, structurally sound midsole, I would pay a thousand dollars for these right now. Like fuck, they're delicious. I would eat them up. Yeah. These these are, these are super dope. I mean, the prices on them got so crazy for a while. Like you would see like two thousand, three thousand dollars on some of those shoes for a while. But um, I I agree. This is this would be. It's like it's about time this this retro. I mean, we already saw the retro for the lightning version, right? So why not? Or I mean, lightning the thunder version. So why not bring the the lightning version back too? We'll do that five more times before we're done talking about the shoe. Trust. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, in in that same you know, conversation thread. Um, the Thunder Fours, I own a pair, and they were so shitty of quality. I mean, my midsoles chipped within like a day and a half, and I'm not exaggerating. They instantly started chipping. And I have a pair of Laser Fours that I bought off a of Sneaker Galactus, and those just started chipping when I started wearing them. And they're fucking 15 years old. So it's just like, it, it's crazy how the Jordan Fours can really swing in terms of construction, a lot of people like to bring up the shape of it, which never really bothers me. But if you bring the shoe back, 
you can't give us doo-doo construction. It, it has to feel premium. Um, it has to feel like something we've waited for, you know, you know, 14 years for, probably 15 by the time we get it. But um, th- th- this is a shoe you, you, you just can't bring back. You have to bring back correctly. And I don't say that about a lot of shoes. I'm normally just happy to have them. I do not feel that way about these. So I think, you know, in the grand scheme of things, in terms of production from Jordan brand, like the fours from 06, uh, the 14s from 07, the sevens from around that era, all were very like questionable in terms of the materials, specifically in the paint. But even like, you know, the, the toe box on, if you, if you got a pair of lightning fours when they came out, odds are that one of the shoes in the box already had like a weird crease in the toe box. Like the same thing was true for the military's fours back then. Um, and I think, you know, that that's kind of where like my, my thought process around even this conversation is I would love to see these colors brought back in today's standards, because even though we might see a lot of shoes sitting for the past two, three years, the, the materials and the structure and the paint have been pretty good on newer releases. Not everything. I know there's exceptions to that, but like generally speaking, you know, it's been pretty good for the past couple of years from Jordan brand. I can second that because, um, the white cement fours, the, um, they have the gray fours. Um, those have both been, I opened up the box and outside of minor glue issues, um, the materials themselves were much, much better and they haven't cracked yet. So those are very important things to me. Um, this, this next shoe is going to be a, a big change of pace from the Jordan 4. Definitely one of the more obscure Jordan retros or let's say Jordan models of all time. We have the Jordan 16 Cherrywood from 2001. Um, Nick, I know you're a big fan of shrouded shoes. Um, me, myself, and I would not ever wear it with the shroud. But take that shroud off and you have a shoe that I am very much interested in seeing come back. What do you think about the Cherry Woods? Yeah, so I'm I'm 100 in on all Jordan 16s for the most part. The shroud is one thing. I just think that the the general aesthetic of the shoe is super dope. But I also think that even though we've had like retros, it's still like super underappreciated. There's you know, I think that that era between like you know basically between like the 14 and the 20 is just all questionable whether Michael wore the shoe or not. People are kind of like, man, Jordan's whatever. They don't, they don't care about it as much. Um, maybe even through the 23, right? The 23 was like the first time that I think sneaker culture as a whole was like, wow, the Jordan, you know, the signature model is back. So the 16 to me is, is one of those shoes that I, I regret not picking up when it first came out. And probably need to have this colorway is by far my favorite. Um, but I also like the the Midnight Navy um, colorway too. And I probably just should have picked up that retro when it came out a couple years back, but I didn't. So here we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like people were in 2001 were definitely um, resistant to non- Jordan colorways and the cherry woods for an initial release definitely, definitely broke that mold. Um, it, even still to this day, it's not really red. It's not really Brown. It's um, not really the easiest pair of shoes to wear unless you're going to be rocking, you know, maybe some khakis and a white tee, but um, nonetheless, it's a shoe that needs to get more love. And it's just, it's, it's eye candy in my book. That's a good way of putting it. I like that. This next shoe, um, it's a pack. So there's two of them, but um, it's, it's another OG colorway or an initial release of a higher model shoe. So it's the regional pack Air Jordan 19s. So you have the, um, the white and red and then the black, white and gum. Um, I know if you're not a mellow fan, you, you probably weren't a huge fan of the Jordan 19. Uh, when initially released back in 2004, 
But that's when I first started getting into shoes. And to this day, I have a weird love for the Air Jordan 19. Um, I love it when they release shoes regionally, geographically, whatever you can do to get multiple colorways of a shoe that isn't available, you know, across the whole market uh, footprint is super cool to me. But it's probably because I like the 19, why it's on this list. But um, definitely not your most traditional looking Jordan, but surely traditional colors. Uh, I put it on here because I want to see them retro. And I think they'd work in 2020 and 2021. Agreed. Agreed. I think I think you can go with almost any of the colorways that release too. The next one here is another higher up Jordan. And it's the Warrior Pack Air Jordan 2011. Um, there was a red one. Uh, it was like red and um, gray. There was like a baby blue and gray. And then a black and neon green. Um, I bring up all three because I feel like since 2011, we've seen each of those three colorways, um, you know, be more and more popular throughout the years. How many times have you seen a black and neon green pair of Nikes? I'm going to answer that for you. It's a lot. Um, and just the boxing on them was really cool. Um, it's a shoe that doesn't get a lot of love at all. I would definitely say it gets less love than the Jordan 19 and 16 respectively. But just, um, I, I think when we take a look back at Jordan's uh, 15 and up, uh, the 2011 and especially this, any one of these three warrior pack shoes uh, should should garner a certain level of respect because they're well executed. It's a good performing shoe and it looks good in the streets. So those are the three things that really Jordans should check off when they release. I definitely agreed. And I think, I think the, the 2011 had such like high quality details. And, you know, we've talked a lot about Jordans over the years with like glue stains and various like imperfections. I had, I, I think I had three different versions of the 2011 over the years. Um, unfortunately, none of the warrior packs, but to me, like the quality on these was really, really nice. And I don't think I ever saw any that had like obvious you know, glue stains or, or, you know, paint over, over spray type paint stuff. And I always love the, like the kind of like complete, you know, uniqueness that came from that, like hand burned varnished kind of, um, leather just because it, you know, looking closely, your shoe never looks the same as, as someone else's, which I thought was really dope. You muted. I'm trying to think of a bad colorway, and then I really can't think of one. Um, there was a second version of the 2011. It was like the 2011 SE or something. I can't remember what it was called. Those were garbage. But the traditional 2011, you almost can't go wrong with any one of them. Um, now, these next, uh, well, one more here. It's a Jordan 3. I probably should have included it before we talked about um, 19s and 16s and such. But um, it's definitely one of the more beloved non-OG colorways in my book. Um, it's the Do the Right Thing Jordan 3 from 2007. And I think I'm, I'm talking slowly here. So I'm trying to go back through my forum memory books. And if I remember correctly... Um, people were not really feeling those at the time and they got really popular about three, four years after. And now here we are, you know, almost 15 years later and still thinking about them. So do you have any particular thoughts about the do the right things, the baby blue beauties? I mean, I, I think again, this is like one of those situations where the, the color. So I wasn't into it. I still not like a huge fan only because I think there's better options out there now. Um, you know, like the, you know, like you mentioned on the, on the mist fours, right. 
the, those colors as accent colors to me work better than as like primary colors on the shoe. So I'd rather see like, you know, uh, let's say like, uh, <clears throat> like the powder blue threes, you know, that to me was a better play with like a light blue upper. But I think, I think there could be ways that you could flip it and make it better than what it is. So it just, it just wasn't for me. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people thought the same way you just described, but, um, you know, outsiders who didn't get a chance to buy them, I've always enjoyed that shoe. It's, it's kind of like a, it's like a blueberry Sprite, like the soda, Mm -hmm. it it would be personified in those shoes. You got the, you can't personify an inanimate object with another inanimate object, but whatever. But we just did. (laughs) It's a shoe podcast. Test me. Um, So I tried to say this before to do the right things, but the next three we're going to group together. Um, You alluded to another one I did not get to bring up. Um, It's it's a Jordan 5 party here. We have the Green Bean 5 from 2006. We have the Burgundy 5 from 2006. We have the Sunset Orange 5 from 2006. We have the Dark Army 5 from 2009. And I'm going to throw one more in there. The Carolina Blue 5 from, I don't know, 2007, I think. Or they, the, the black with the Carolina? Yeah, it's pretty much a metallic with Carolina yeah. um, lining. Yeah, I think 06 or 07, one of the two. Yeah. Yep. There's a theme there. This really out there, awesome shoes and I, I put these all together and I thought about them all at the same time because the Jordan five is one of my, uh, it changes weekly, but let's just break it down and say top five models of all time. And I feel like each of these different shoes utilized that makeup perfectly. So the metallic tongue on the Jordan five, very recognizable. Let's just go ahead and put that all across the shoe. Okay. You have a pair of green beans. Burgundy five. Okay. We've done, um, you know, black metallics. Those kind of have new bucks suede. Let's just do that again. Well, with Burgundy, perfect idea. Um, sunset orange fives. Um, there's, there's a laser pair with, that I believe were for women only. And then there's the orange pair that don't have lasers. Maybe I'm getting those flipped around. I think one of them were for, no, the sunset orange without the laser were for women. And then the lasered pair were for men. Yep. Yep. I believe I got that right. Just um, lasering was very popular at that time. Go look up pictures of Jordan 4s um, or Spizikes. No, pardon me, Dub Zeros. But um, this lasering was very cool in 2006. So pairing that with orange, I think it worked really well. I love it. And then probably my favorite of all of them, the Dark Army 5s. That's a color scheme that I wear a lot in the fall. And when you have a leather Jordan, they work really well in bad weather. This would be uh, February through, I'm going backwards, February through November or November to February if you're not dyslexic, um, rock for me. This I love the kind of army shade with the kind of orangey yellow. Perfect. So I threw a lot of shoes at you, Nick. Um, any of those you like, you don't like? So <clears throat> I think this era of the Jordan 5 is is possibly one of the best. Um, mainly because there was so much variety. And even thinking about, you know, some of the other simple colorways like the Sport Royals, you know, you've got like just kind of your basic color palette, right? But you could see Penny Hardaway rocking those or something like that. Um, to me... That era too, like my favorite is probably the olives, um, the burgundies. I think, you know, so many people overlook those because, you know, when you're, when you think of Jordans, you think of Chicago colors and you think of the varsity red and you think of that like bright hit of red. Right. And the burgundy five was so different that to me, I think, I mean, not even, you know, the color, but like also material, right? You just, 
I don't know. I wasn't expecting it. So that one stands out as like, there's such a wow factor to that. But those would be the two, um, I think for me that if, if they did retro again, I would definitely grab a pair. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Those two, and obviously plus the other four I mentioned are perfect. But you said that was a great run for the Jordan 5. I would say it's the best run for any Jordan model with new colorways ever. Like, think about how many doo-doo Jordan 9s you get a year. How many doo-doo Jordan 2s you get. Insert whatever Jordan model plus doo-doo, and you probably got a Jordan release. These, though, I mean, to not have the attachment of Michael Jordan playing in any of them and for us to be talking about them this much, you know, you know, this much down the line, as far down the line is powerful. I would argue for people to name four non OG colorways that they would legitimately want from three years ago of any given Jordan model. And here we are rattling off just Jordan fives from two years. Yeah. And it, it's, I, I guess the dark armies were 2009. That's an outlier, but just this was the time that really like kicked my sneaker love into overdrive where it's just like, Oh, look at those. I was like, a, I was like a dog chasing cars. If you kind of want to go to Batman dark Knight territory, <laughs> like I, I wouldn't know what to do if I had all these shoes, I would just be so ecstatic, but just every month, every couple months, just, Jordan five fire crazy times. Um, so this next shoe was kind of debated, um, before we got on the air here. Um, I have the sport blue Jordan threes from 2014. Um, uh, Mike recommended the blue motorsport motorsport, um, motorsport fours from, I think 2017. Um, so it's a three versus a four, very common battle. They're both blue. They're both black also. They're both flips of their respective models. So you have pretty much a flip on the Fire Red 4 and a flip on the Black Cement 3. Um, can't go wrong with either one. I kind of wish um, I didn't sell my Sport Blue 3s. I got rid of those real quick. They were going for good money. Um, and I, I never even thought about buying the Motorsport 4s, but I really wish I did in retrospect. That's what I got. Yeah, I think I think both those colorways are are pretty good in hindsight. Um, I I do think the the material on the threes was a little subpar, if I remember cool. right. Um, felt it was like one of those Jordan threes that felt a little plasticky. Which I'm one of the people that doesn't necessarily care about that because that just means it's a winter rainy shoe for me. Uh-huh. Um, but I I think like you know, me being into cars and stuff and like the motorsport storyline and, and the colorways that, it, you know, that exist, you know, that, that for me was one that I just should have picked up that I didn't. Jordan brand. I love you. You, you know, that's not even a question, my love for you, but 2014, I would say 13, 14, 15, just the worst construction of retros. I, I've, ever seen in my time collecting shoes those all the sixes were just god awful the great fives were literally plastic um yeah you're you're spot on about those threes um now this next pair we actually did get a retro of and i slept on them because twos don't fit me well i'll say that a million more times but the mellow air jordan twos from 2004 and 2018 respectively we don't need to do a deep dive in these. They're super clean. I think they've, um, I think they've become one of the best looking Jordan twos ever just because there aren't a lot of high quality ones to choose from. And that's not a knock on this colorway. It just shows, um, how good it is to instantly catapult itself to, I would say, you know, top four, you know, Mount Rushmore status with Jordan twos. Yeah, I agree. And I also, uh, slept on these on the retro as well so i definitely thought i could get them for a petty ten dollars cheaper i don't know what i was thinking something this minuscule and they and never panned out for me um yep this next pair, 
this next pair here is another very recent release. It's from last year, and you either f- forgot about it or you were excited about it. It's the Jim Red Air Jordan 9 from 2019. And I put this on the list because it's one of the few times, and I'm calling back to the um, like the Bulls over Broadway Jordan 10s and the red Jordan 3s that released over All-Star Weekend 2020. Um, sometimes you try to go back um, to a model that Michael wore and put a new spin of bull flavor into it. And it, it doesn't work. It doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right. Um, it is. It doesn't do it for you. This Jim Red 9, had Michael played at that time, this would have been a colorway we saw on court. I almost guarantee you. Um, incredibly clean. I think the Jordan 9 works the best when it's either white and black with a colored stripe going across the midguard. Um, but just one of the cleanest new Jordan retros I've seen, you know, I would say in the past, you know, three, four years, just super duper good looking. I agree. I think, uh, if, if you're like into the PEs back in the day too, this was like a Derek Anderson colorway. Uh, you know, he played in the low top nine with, with this like patent red, you know, mudguard and, you know, I think, you know, spot on with the, the, the Michael, analogy right like if if these were out when when michael was playing everybody would want them so um definitely underappreciated shoe this next one i would say is even more underappreciated i tried these on like weeks after they released at a nike town and i liked them but i didn't buy them now i love them and it's the Dirty Bread 13, another shoe I could very easily see Mike wearing, another instance of a non-bull colorway being exceptional. It's just, you know, it's a black and red Jordan 13. Um, it kind of looks like the breads. It kind of looks like the playoffs, but it looks like neither at the same time. Um, I think it had enough of its own flavor to, to work, and I liked how – you know, the materials played. Sometimes the 13 can get crow's, you know, crow's eyes really bad around the toe box. These, surprisingly, from what I've seen, scoping out worn pairs on eBay, they've aged pretty well for being worn. Yep. But just 100% a super, agree. Um, um, a I super think wearable pair I, of 13s. I'm not one of the people that is too picky about the 13s where, you know, people want, mesh or 3m or whatever i think generally speaking the right colors on that shoe look really dope i mean i i don't know that i i I don't find myself wanting to wear 13s like i did when they first came out um but i still just love like the side profile of the shoe and and this colorway is like you know perfect in in many ways yep These are great wintertime boots. Um, So we're going to jump way back in time, um, nine years before the Dirty Breads. Um, This is a a reach. A lot of people might not have heard of this one. Um, It's the Ceramic 13 Low from 2005. Um, This was not a train of thought. This was Robbie Googling Air Jordan 13 colorways, trying to find something I wasn't thinking of. And I saw these and I had the aha moment. Oh, yeah. I, I remember these ones. And the second I saw them again, I, I, I entertained the idea of going on yeah, eBay. And this is, this is such a dope exactly colorway. What I did. It, it reminds me I would of buy like, these right now. I, it doesn't, it, I know that this is not the right color combination, but it reminds me of like a Syracuse. If, if there was a Syracuse Air Jordan 13 low for like Carmelo, this would be a very, it would be very similar to this. And, and, you know, I think it's just, I actually, I think this, this shoe actually looks super, super dope as a low, which for most of the Jordans, I, I could go with or without, but this particular colorway was always one that, um, just looked different compared to the rest of the stuff that was coming out at that time too. So I would definitely cop the retro of this.
there was honorable mention. There was a Jordan Team Flow that released about the same time, and the the the, the thirteen low and the Team Flow, they're they're distant cousins. And there's some colorways that I saw on the on the Team Flow that would have looked really good on the Jordan Thirteen. That's for another day. But anywho. The last shoe we have on the list here is last, not because I don't like it or it's lesser than any of the other shoes. It's because it's so damn good, I forgot that it's not an OG. And we have the French Blue Air Jordan 12 from 2005 and 2016, respectively. This shoe still fetches a pretty penny on the resale market um, because it looks, I mean, I don't like 12s. It's my second favorite 12 of all time. It looks so good. I mean, that shade of blue with the white and the trim of the 12, um, the silver eyelets, everything just <laughs> fell into place. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, this, this is like a, a good looking shoe. One of those shoes when it first came out, you know, Mellow, there's like a, I think we might have posted it recently, but there's like a, a shot of him backing down LeBron their rookie year. And to me, like that's one of those, uh, you know, between that and like Kobe wearing it in his free agency year, you know, this is this like you said, you don't even think of it as a non-original shoe, right? Like it feels like an OG shoe, just because those guys wore it, and not to mention all the other players that we probably, you know, could go through and and point out. But it is really crazy that it's you know something that was a retro doesn't feel like that at all man that mellow lebron <laughs> photo that's like in the nba scrapbook it's such a good photo that's like memories on memories kobe got him early so remember that the sneaker free agency happened before 2005 i believe it was that's 03 crazy. um that sh- they gave that shoe to Kobe two years early to wear. <laughs> yep. And that's and we will mic drop on that. Rest in peace, Kobe. Um, <laughs> somebody sell me a pair of those French Blue Twelve for less than four hundred dollars. Damn it! Like it's <laughs> it's crazy. But um, yeah, that's one I slept on in twenty sixteen, and I uh, I I'm. I feel it. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely it's one of those reaction. shoes where when I think of not, I think it, it slips your mind pretty easily. But then when you see it, you remember all of the like images of it. You're like, damn, this is really really good. <laughs> yeah, it's like, am I trying to buy a house or am I trying to buy a four hundred dollar pair of Jordans? Exactly. You tell me. So I don't, I don't, I don't know, the know answer what, what shoes, so, non-original Jordans you think not. we should have mentioned. What did we Why miss? Not. Is there anything out there? I'm sure there's stuff if we were to sit and take a little bit more time, we could, we could obviously debate and go back and forth. But I feel pretty confident with this list. I do too. I'm sorry it jumped around from like 14, 2005, 2016, <laughs> but that's why I put All the right, dates. All right, well, uh, we so appreciate you guys rocking with us for another welcome. episode. <clears throat> Excuse me. We appreciate you guys rocking with us for another episode. And um, obviously, give us a follow if you haven't already at Sneaker History on all the platforms. You can find me at Nick Engvall on all the platforms. Uh, Robbie, let them know how they can find you. You can find me at Sneaker History. We're almost at 70,000, which means we're almost at a million. So, <laughs> Right on. Well, we, we appreciate every, everybody listening. Don't and we'll even catch follow next me. Time. Just go follow Sneaker History. Peace. What up, y'all? This is Nick again. First, I wanted to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. It really means a lot that you would spend a part of your day rocking with us. Before you take off, I wanted to ask a few favors. If you're looking for more content from the Sneaker History crew, head over to patreon.com slash sneakerhistory. Our Patreon members get access to exclusive episodes of the podcast, our latest merch, giveaways, and much more. You can become a member for as little as five bucks a month, and it really goes a long way supporting the crew. 
Next, make sure you're signed up for our email newsletter. We share updates about the footwear business, some of our favorite finds and deals, and other sneaker-related news a couple times per week. I like to think of it as a one-stop shop for the sneaker game, or at least a work-in-progress one-stop shop for the sneaker game, if you know what I mean. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. Whether online or in person, social distancing in effect, of course, it helps make the sneaker community a better place, and you never know what conversation and opportunity might come from it. As always, we appreciate you, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.